welcome back to the Mission of Speed podcast. I'm real excited to bring on two of my good friends today, Jason Holroyd and Julia Conan. Uh, they are both uh, people who have I trained with the last several years. Jason's the head coach for the Go St. Louis Racing Team, as well as a coach for Speedwalk Training. Uh, Julia is now running professionally for Northern Arizona Elite, which is a professional running team uh, that's based out of Flagstaff, Arizona, with Ben Rosario, a uh, former St. Louis guy who formerly owned Big River Running Company. So a lot of you guys probably know that name um, and probably have heard the story of Julia going out to run for him. Uh, But today we're going to dive into the relationship between Jason and Julia and just how their, you know, coach athlete relationship evolved these last several years. And I really want to dive in to see the perspective of what Julia thought about kind of her, you know, uh, her big gains that she has made in the last five years in running, as well as Jason's perspective of coaching somebody who is such a high caliber athlete um, and then eventually passing her on to Ben Rosario at the pro level. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. We go down memory lane. Uh, we have a blast, make a couple of jokes, and we really uh, really had a fun time reminiscing on just such great moments. But I think it's also important to highlight you know, both sides of this. And I think we learned a lot about Jason's journey as a coach, uh, Julia's perspective as the athlete. And what you guys will find out is that Jason and Julia did a lot of their running together and a lot of their racing together. So their story definitely is unique. So let's jump into this podcast. Let's have some fun. And uh, as always, please subscribe if you're interested in hearing more of my content here with the Mission of Speed podcast. Here we go. All right. We are with Julia Conan and Jason Holroyd, uh, both uh, former teammates of mine here in St. Louis uh, with the Go St. Louis Racing Team. Uh, Julia is now with Northern Arizona Elite um, that is run by Ben Rosario, a former St. Louis guy uh, who owned Big River Running Company. Um, And Jason is living in Boston, uh, still coaching um, us folks here in St. Louis and is just both these you know, two individuals have just been really supportive and great people in my life. And I'm just really excited to bring them on and talk because we have a unique relationship, all of us just a being friends and then the coach athlete relationship. But before Julia got into professional running, she was just a runner uh, person an everyday person coming out of college who stumbled upon our group. So we kind of start off with, with Julia and I want to take us back to, you know, you're, you're coming out of college, you're going back to your hometown. Uh, I think you're working at say, with the St. Louis Cardinals at this point, what, what's the conversation uh, with your coach from college and how does that lead you to being a uh, runner with our group? Um, so yeah, when I left college, uh, I had one year of running, so didn't get a lot of experience, um, but had some pretty good success in that one year. And my coach, Mike Hilliard at the time was talking to me and he's like, you could take this running thing to the next level. Would you be interested in pursuing um, that? And at the time running was still so new to me. I didn't know anything about the next level professional running um, teams. I didn't really have any background on that at all. And I had already had a job lined up in St. Louis with the St. Louis Cardinals. And then I also had a full-time job starting at the end of the summer um, with Panera Bread, um, which is the corporate office here in St. Louis. So my thought was like, just go home. You just got your master's and like, that's what you need to do is work. And I was ready to start my professional career um, in the business world. And so then I just came home and was living with my mom and dad and I kept running for fun. I would didn't, didn't really do any structure or workouts, um, but wanted to stay in shape. Um, and I still had that knowledge that Mike Hilliard taught me the past year of some workouts. And so I, I kept up, but, um, it was more like kind of running when I wanted what I wanted. Um, and I would try to throw in like one long run on Sundays and, um, just keep up with that. But there's really no structure to my training at that time. No, it's it's so interesting just hearing how you got started and kind of where your head was because, you know, your coach in college obviously could identify how much talent you had and potential, but you were so new to running. So it probably to you, it probably just didn't seem to be like such a big deal because it's like, oh, I've only done this for a year. You know, you're not living in that lifestyle. So I'm sure that was very, uh, very, very new world for you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was very, very new. And it's kind of funny looking back, like you said, uh, Mike Hilliard would always he was one that was like, Hey, um, I have contacts. And he's like, I know this guy, Ben Rosario and had even mentioned them 
when I was in college, but I mean, coming out of college, I had one year, so I didn't have all these accolades that some of these, these professional runners had. I mean, they ran super fast times. We're all American for four years in a row. And, um, I was just like, Oh, I don't, I can't compete against that. And I didn't know anything about the professional running world at all. So yeah, to your point, I was just kind of clueless. And I was like, Oh, no, I'm not interested. But then full circle, here I am years later and the name Ben Rosario comes back into the circle. So it's kind of funny. No, no. And I think from the outside perspective, anybody that kind of knows the Ben Rosario way is that you're, you know, you're such a great candidate for somebody who would do so well running for him, um, just in terms of being able to identify the talent and then also going to a system, I feel like that just really fits you well. And so you go into, you know, running with our group and obviously we knew, you know, of you just by the fact that you'd run races, but we, you know, I, I didn't personally know you, um, you know, and I, I think you were so new to the sport that none of us Missouri high school runners really knew you because, you know, you kind of skated by through that. And Jason, so you, you found Jason through our group. Jason, what were your expectations when she first came out? Like, could you off the bat kind of identify um, that talent level? Like, what, give me a little bit more insight of like your kind of first experience, you know, dealing with Julia. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, do, I don't remember the exact first workout, but <laughs> I remember that, which was summer of 2016, I believe. And, you know, you had kind of expressed interest in maybe doing a marathon. And so, you know, the next local one was the Mo Cowbell one. And so said, okay, let's, let's give that a try. Let's, let's try to, you know, build up to that. And based on your half marathon and stuff, you know, from before I thought, you know, somewhere in that 250, 255 range, I thought was, you know, a good, a good starting point. And, you know, not having done a ton of mileage, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, somebody's doing their first marathon, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, went through the summer, you know, it was kind of like, okay, you know, this is a, a, a serious, dedicated individual. This is somebody that shows up every single day, does all the, the workouts. And so I could tell right off the bat that the dedication and determination were there. Like this was an athlete. This wasn't just some fun runner that was going to, you know, maybe do a marathon. This was a serious athlete. So, you know, as far as the expectations, I guess I, I knew it was a serious athlete, but I didn't know what the you know, what was happening. Um, so then we got to Mo Cowbell and, you know, Julia easily wins it, runs 247 and just blows my expectations away and gets done. It's like, yeah, I felt pretty good. I think I could have gone a little faster. Um, by the way, I got to get to the Cardinals game <laughs> to work. And she was fine. And I'm like, like, are you okay? Are you going to fall over? No, I'm fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew right then and there that this was somebody that was, you know, special as far as the marathon goes. So that's kind of where it was in the beginning for, for me. Yeah. That's so, it's so funny thinking about that because I, I remember that distinctly. We, uh, we all got together that night on the rooftop over, uh, in the central West. And I don't think Julia was able, I think you did end up attending it because the Cardinal game was a day game that day. Right. Um, no, it, it was, I remember cause I, we were all together. You were watching the race Mark. And then I had to leave like right away and get to the uh -huh. game, but it was like one of the last games of the season. So we were there super late and I, it was so sad because you guys were having that party in the central West end and I couldn't go. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were playing the giants that day, I think. And it was one of those years where we got bounced out, you know, during the Matheny era. So, so Julia was, you know, and not only with tired legs, you know, at the ballpark, but also had to live in the sorrows of the Cardinals, you know, losing. So that's, it's so funny thinking back to that day, but also Jason, I, I remember that distinctly of just like how well you recover from it. And, and if I remember correctly, you, uh, Jason kind of begged you to, or didn't really beg you, but really stated like you needed to take some time off, correct? After that race. Jason told me that I, I needed to take at least the week off. And I think I made it like two to three days. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. And, and so, so Julia, you know, you get into the group and, you know, you're running with us and, you know, I think, you know, going into that year, 2016, and that was, you would have headed into the spring of 2017. Um, what, what were you, do you remember, I think Shamrock Shuffle was something that you were racing at that point or, uh, or St. Pat's, like, can you talk us a little bit now that you kind of have more six, eight months under your belt, how the, how that your kind of your time with Jason and the group evolved? 
Um, yeah, I remember after the marathon and being like, wow, that was really fun. I had a coach like walk me through this and help me get to here. And I, but like, and I exceeded like my own expectations and stuff. Cause I didn't know what to expect running a marathon off of like never having much training or much mileage or anything. So then I remember that spring, I was just like pumped. Um, I was like, there's a team we meet all the time. Like everyone, I'm just consistent. I have someone, I know if I show up every day, there's going to be someone to run with. I have workouts now. I'm not just like freely doing what I want. Um, and so I was just really excited about that. I was excited that there was that team there. Um, I had all you guys that were so supportive too. And like everyone was racing. We did, um, the, Champaign, Illinois half. Um, and we had a pretty good group going there and a couple girls and couple guys racing. And like, that was just like a road trip with the team and fun. And that I remember being like, Oh, this is just such a, I still get to be considered like an athlete, even though my college athlete days are over. Um, but competition is where I like thrive. So when we had like teams and, um, workouts and just like Jason there for everything. I was excited to go into the spring. Um, didn't know that I was going to continue running as competitively, but was ready to just keep going. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people that are listening, they might not understand this, but you know, from the outside perspective, you know, it, it almost seems like it was so simple in terms of Jason's structure and group and things like that. But Jason really, he started this group with, honestly, it was just a couple of people when you were working at the store and you're just, your presence of being so consistent was why I think that the group, you know, continue to come out there, um, whether you take credit for that or not, Jason, but then you have athletes like Julia, who's a really good ambassador for somebody who works really hard and is really consistent and does those different things. Then you have a couple more people. It's like a ripple effect. And all of a sudden, you know, in the peak days, I mean, you could really see potentially on a week, on a weekday for us, I mean, in a small market city like St. Louis, you get 10, 15 people. That's a great number for 6am, you know, kind of in a location that's not always centrally located for everybody. And then on top of it on the weekends, you know, you could, you could count on 20, 25 people for, for a long run. And I think both of you guys did such a great job of being so consistent, being there. And, and Julia is the kind of person she would work these really, really late shifts at the baseball game for the Cardinals. And Julia, it was almost like you didn't even really realize that you were working as hard as you were. And I think this is because you have such a grind hard blue collar mentality where I don't think you, I don't remember you showing up to the ballpark and being, or showing up to our ballpark, you know, for a spark and ever saying like, ah, I'm so tired or this is so horrible. I can remember, obviously there's days that you didn't feel great, but you just had such a positive attitude. You were just there. So that was an expectation for everybody. Jason, do you talk a little bit more about, you know, Julia is coming out more consistently. And I remember this, Julia, when you start coming out, I felt like our team started getting more positive momentum too. This was even before your huge, huge, you know, performances had happened. Um, Jason, can you talk a little bit more about like the, the excitement of kind of seeing the group evolve in that during that time? Well, yeah. And I mean, just the reasons that you said, you get that group accountability, you get all those people that are fired up and really want to go after things. You know, I think that that kind of feeds off each other to the point where you get a lot more consistency with the people showing up with everybody. And I think that, you know, that's something that, you know, is always going to breed success, whatever the, you know, the athletic competition is. So I think, you know, having Julia there and setting an example for everybody, I think, you know, definitely helped spur the group along to that setting. And, you know, at that point, you know, we started thinking, okay, we're going to, you know, head towards Chicago Marathon and try to qualify for the Olympic trials. And I think, you know, at that point was kind of that moment when, you know, Julia really started to kind of take it up to another level. And, you know, before that, I don't know if Julia, you knew exactly, you know, what it was that it was going to take to get to that point. But I think at that moment, that summer was kind of that watershed moment where you were like, okay, this is what it's going to take. And I think having somebody then embrace that, kind of only brought the rest of the group to that point too, where they wanted to go after things that much more. So I think, yeah, you're exactly right, Mark. It, it definitely was kind of a snowball effect with Julia being there. 
Well, with the guys of our group, we're really well positioned because, you know, I've always kind of said we're, we're not slow enough to quit and we're not fast enough to get a professional contract and things like that. <laughs> but what's really cool about how fast our group was running, especially on the male side, is that we were fast enough to be able to pace Julia in her workouts. And I, I we were talking about this, Julia, and Jason wasn't here because you're in Boston, but we were doing a workout a couple of months ago and we were running over to the track and we were just talking about Julia and just how excited we were about, uh, I think you had a half marathon or something coming up. And, and, uh, I said, I don't, I don't want to like be that guy. Like none of us are going to claim Julia's success, but do you kind of feel like the offensive line when the running back has a rushing record and the O line is like super fired up because they did all the work, <laughs> you know, I can remember, you know, doing these workouts and jumping in and jumping in front of you, Julia. I don't know if you remember this or not just to get the win, you know, it was like, you know, not even for an ego standpoint of like, Oh, for me, it was more like, you know, we had the chosen one. So let's make sure we don't screw her up. <laughs> no, I would, I mean, I say to this day, I anyone that asks, I would not be running where I am if it wasn't for the group of guys that I had to train with and Jason. Like Jason led us all and wrote all these plans. But if I didn't have you guys doing all those workouts with me every single day and I mean, pushing me. So I was like, oh man, I got, I, if I'm just competitive, so I was like, I got to try and keep up with these guys who, yeah, you guys are all really good runners. So I think that always pushed me to be better. And then Mark, you specifically, like, um, I don't I remember it was like right before like end of 2019, but you focused your running. You're like, I just, I, you were getting joy out of helping me with my workouts. So like you weren't even doing workouts for yourself. You were helping me. And like, I remember all that to this day. And I do not think that I would have made it this far without you guys pushing me or being there for workouts. I mean, I wouldn't have been doing that stuff on my own. Well, it's, it's something that it's running is really hard when you're not like in, in St. Louis is just a really difficult place to train. You know, it's, there's not a lot of great weather throughout the year. And, you know, we are on this on our own kind of, you know, and, and that group being together, build that camaraderie. And I think for all of us, especially when you're doing this outside of high school or college, you have to have your why and you have to have that meaning. And you see it, not a lot of people can consistently do this for a really long time because that why can fade. You know, some people come into our group they're really, really hot at first because this is new to them. And then they get it and they're like, oh, I can't handle all this kind of stuff. Or you have people who just can grind, you know, like yourself. And so I, I think for all of us, you know, as much as you felt that way for me and as Jason feels, you know, for us, it's like, we feel the same way. It's, a, it's just such a, it's a give and take, you know, kind of relationship. And I think that's the beauty of having tra training partners. And so, you know, Julia, when you came into the group, I think, you know, we all, we all realized, you know, your potential. And I think something that uh, for most of us was just so cool about you was just how down earthy word so humble. Now I didn't hear you talk for, for a little bit of time. So I didn't even, I didn't, I was like, I was just like trying to stay off your, off your heels. I was like, when I'm running, I'm like, not going to say anything. Cause she's not saying anything. <laughs> and then you became one of our, you know, part of our group and you had the best, some of the best burns. I mean, you know, Jason and you, when you guys were coming in with those zingers, I mean, they, they were just great, but you're kind of evolving now as a runner. And we're, we're taking us back to that, that era of that first year. And Jason's saying to you, you know, listen, you can go run the, you know, the Chicago marathon and we're going to do this and you're going to qualify for the Olympic trials. First, do you know what the Olympic trials are? And second, like, where's your head at? Because up to this point, I mean, you're such a, and I think this is to your credit, why you're so good at your job and why you're so good at running and why you're just such a successful person. You're the kind of person that if you are hired, you do the job, you show up, you don't, it doesn't seem like with, I've ever been around you where you just over, overthink it, you know, you just, you're so dependable in that sense. And so I really always, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I always just felt like you were just listening to Jason. You show up to work, did the job. Okay. I'll show up. So now Jason's saying to you, Olympic trials, does that change your mindset at all? Or uh, can I talk us through a little bit more about that? Yeah. So two things on that is like, I always say, I think one of the reasons I've had success um, was with under Jason. And I would always say, I just did what I was told. Jason wrote my workouts, wrote the times. And that, that, that was what I wanted to hit because that's what I was told to do. I don't know anything about running. Jason knows a lot more than I do. And I knew that. So I was like, if someone that is very knowledgeable in this is telling me to do it, that's what I'm going to do. So I think I also that I think that went to my benefit as well. Cause I never overthought things. I was just like, this is what you're supposed to do. You do it. So I remember exactly the conversation Jason and I had, um, going into Chicago. So it was, Jason likes to meet with us one-on-one, -on -one, um, as you know, Mark and like just touch base and be like, Hey, what is your training plan? 
look like? What are you interested in? What do you want to do? And Jason, we were sitting and talking and he was like, so I think um, you should focus on next year or 2017, the Chicago marathon in the fall and uh, hit the Olympic qualifying time. And I was like, this guy is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to the Olympic trials. Like, what's that? I didn't even know what it took to qualify. I didn't know how you qualified. I didn't know what the rules and stuff were. And Jason was like, you have to hit 245. Um, you just ran 247 off of not as much serious training um, and were felt completely fine. He was like, you can hit this. And I was like, okay, well, Jason seems to always know what's right. So I guess I'll listen to him. But I thought he was kind of crazy at first <laughs> when he said that. And I remember being like, okay, I'm going to do my first like real marathon buildup. And um, I was kind of excited about it because I got to do like more mileage. And I felt like that's when I was really getting into the next level. Yeah, that was that was so exciting to see that. And, you know, Jason, you'd worked with some people who had run the Olympic trials before. This wasn't your first athlete. Um, yeah. you know, and Jason has a lot of success to his name in this regard. Can you speak a little bit more about, you know, A, what, what, where was the confidence? Where's that coming from? Obviously coming from Cowbell and these other runs. And, you know, where, where's your head at when she's about to go train for this race? Well, you know, whenever I've got somebody, I always try to build upon, you know, what we did before. And once we get to the stage where we're doing some of those longer workouts, you know, we do some of those specifically as predictors for the marathon, as you know. So when we get to the point where we're doing a 15 miler, you know, at marathon pace, you know, if you can do that, especially in the heat of a St. Louis summer, you're going to do that in my mind. So, you know, just looking at the training, I'm pretty confident, you know, in what I see. Plus I'm doing the training with people, which kind of gives me a unique perspective in that regard too. And I was also doing the marathon with Julia. <laughs> so I, I knew we've got a, an excellent opportunity here you know, the weather wasn't too bad. So I knew we were going to, we were going to do it. I just didn't know how much we were going to do it by. <laughs> and the marathon's not my favorite event to do personally, but you know, through the buildup, I was confident that we could do this. So that was kind of where my head was at. I, I thought it was a, it was a slam dunk for sure. Um, but I didn't know how well it would go. So that was kind of, you know, a unique experience, you know, both kind of being out there and running a marathon and having somebody to kind of, you know, watch out for. And, you know, I hadn't been in that position before. So, you know, doing that, it was, you know, just kind of, you know, took something off my plate and her plate too. It, it takes the anxiety away from me because, you know, I'm just worried about her. She's not worried about it as much because I'm telling her what to do. <laughs> no. And, and up to this point, you know, Jason had a very successful running career, you know, through high school, through college, and then he had the store and he still ran competitively, but his career really kind of came back. And especially in the marathon distance, I know you had actually run a marathon when, when we were working together um, in Illinois. Um, but after that, I mean, I, I remember even saying like, I, you kind of swore off the marathon and then had that purpose to be able to run. And it's very unique when you get to run with your coach. I, I will test to that, you know, just what you were saying, because, you know, while, as myself as a coach, you know, I can give a workout out and I can see through Strava, through Garmin, all these different things, but Jason's literally there. And there were several times in my running where I'm doing a head to head workout with Jason. Jason and you're Jason's one. I always says Jason's one of the most fearless racers I've ever seen. And he's aggressive and he's not afraid to take it out. And he, he, I think in some ways he likes it. He likes to, likes to, likes to rattle the ship a little bit. And just having that tenacity, I'm sure was just so helpful for you, Julia, because you know, you're trying to build, you're a very competitive athlete. You're very, you have your own unique style, but you, you hadn't been running for that long. So I think it's, it's so unique that you guys actually train together. And so, symbolic that you did it together, um, literally. And so we get to Chicago marathon and 
you guys accomplished the goal. Um, I believe it was, was it a 239? Uh, am I correct on that? And, and I do remember hearing the story of Jason was kind of like, Julia, you need to go. Uh, you know, Jason, Jason had a PR by the way. Uh, but would you talk me kind of through that, Julia, where you were kind of sent to the finish line from Jason? Were you thinking now at this moment that this guy's definitely crazy? <laughs> um, well, first, yeah, like I felt very fortunate because Jason also, I mean, he was there step by step through the workouts. We did our 15 mile um, tempo run together. We did, like, he was working out with the whole team and doing every workout with me. And so, like, not many people get that lucky. Um, and then when the marathon came and I had like, I mean, I was just grateful that morning. I didn't even know where to go, how to get to the start line, what time I needed to be places. And Jason was just like, we're going to go here. He walked me everywhere. I, I mean, I would have been lost just getting there without him. So then once we're up there in the crowd um, and the gun goes off, we also had a uh, Mike Aiken was running that race with us. And his goal was to kind of pace Jason and I just so that both of us can keep our mind off of it. You know, if you have someone running pace and you can just follow, it helps. Um, and so I remember running with Jason and feeling really good, but I just like the whole time was like, all right, if Jason's next to me, I'm doing good. Jason's next to me, I'm doing good. And like, just thinking that um, we just, I, like I said, in my workouts and stuff, all I ever did was what Jason told me because he knew more and that kind of got me success so far. So why change it? Um, and then I remember Mike, it was like right before mile 20 and all of a sudden he had a calf cramp and he was like, you guys go, I'm done. And I was like, oh no, I still have six miles left. Like, are, are we, and he's, is something like that going to happen to me? Um, so I remember being like worried about that. And then we got to, I wanted, I hear, I always had people tell me like, 18 to 22 is like the crashing point. Like somewhere in there, you're either going to know I'm going to finish this strong or this is going to suck. Um, and so I had that in my head and I was like, all right, once you get through 22, and if you still feel this good, this is a good sign. And then I remember at like, I don't know, it wasn't, it was pretty close to the finish. Like we had to be at like mile 25 or something. And I remember Jason looking at me and was like, how do you feel? And I was like, good. And he was like, go. And I was like, I can't leave Jason. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> um, so that was, and I think we finished within like 30 seconds of each other. But um, yeah, at that point I was like, okay, I, I'm just going to do do this and see where I, where I can finish. And I remember finishing running 239 and I again was like, I expected to feel a lot worse. Like, I think I have more in the tank than this. And like that, having that thought after a marathon is like a lot better than being like, Oh my gosh, this sucks. <laughs> like, so I felt pretty good uh, coming off of that one too. That's that. Yeah, that's, that's so exciting. Yeah. Just, just reliving it. And, and Jason, for you, I mean, you ran a PR that day. Uh, did you, did you even know you ran a PR? Were you just so excited that Julia had run as well as she did? Yeah. Because Julia in our group, first person to make the Olympic trials of our team. And, and it was such a, it was such a big moment at that, at that given point, it'd be a big moment today. It's still, uh, but talk us through like, you know, you're running a race at this point and then you're also coaching. What's that dynamic like? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was very, weird um at first but you know just having done all the workouts it, it didn't feel any different than that to me once we were out there it was just more people um and I guess for that one, really more than any of the other ones, it felt a little more chaotic with more people out there around us. Like just even going through the water stops and stuff, I remember, you know, we were in much bigger groups of people than I feel like I'd ever been in before in that position because there were a lot of people trying to qualify for the trials and just people in that that kind of range pace wise. So it was, a, it was a little chaotic through some of that um, and a little unnerving, honestly. And I think it was, it was beating me up a little bit more than it was her. And so, you know, when she's saying she felt great at the end, I was feeling terrible. <laughs> That's why I was saying, you need to go. <laughs> and I could tell that looking at her, I'm like, she's not struggling here. I'm, I'm about to fall off the back here. So you need to go. Um, and yeah, when we got done, you know, yeah. First thing on my mind was she just qualified for the Olympic trials. That's awesome. You know, that's the the main priority. And it was like, 
oh yeah, I ran a PR too. <laughs> <laughs> That's that just shows, uh, Jason, how selfless he always is, is like his athletes first and then how well he plays. <laughs> and, it, and it makes you such a good runner too, because I think you just, you put zero pressure on your own performance. You said it to me, you're like, I don't really, you know, get nervous because I'm just so focused and just going out there and enjoying competition. And I've always really respected you for that. You know, I, I've always kind of felt like, you know, and with Jason, I've learned so much from you. It's, uh, you know, me as a coach, I wouldn't be where I'm at without you, without people like Coach Crow. Uh, but something, and you brought this up earlier, just something I've always really taken away from you is that idea of just trying to help somebody progress. And it's not an overcomplicated theory. It's just trying to help somebody stay consistent. And then from cycle to cycle, let's do a little bit more. And I always tell people, I think that, and you can, I, I would be curious to kind of think what you think of this, Jason, but I, I think the ingredient to Julia Conan's success those several years and where she made her big breakthrough was all those, you know, two mile repeats at half marathon effort when nobody was watching in the middle of winter and she just banged them out and just banged them out. And all of a sudden we get into our peak season and you'd be running 10 seconds faster than what you'd been doing in the winter. And all of a sudden that, that just at work, nothing overcomplicated, you just progressed her and it just got there. And so, you know, when it comes to kind of her training and how she got to where she got, uh, do you, do you feel like, and this is specifically a question just for people listening, um, because I, I kind of have a hunch on this, but did you do anything different because she's an Olympic trials athlete or is this, uh, or what your mindset as a coach, like talk us through a little bit more of how do you train somebody? Cause now you've got her, you know, at such a high caliber level. Now you're really trying to progress her to the next level. Well, it is, it's, it's the simplest concept and the hardest to do, you know, from year to year, you know, people change, they have different circumstances, different things happen. So it's very hard to go from year to year and progress, honestly, both from a, a volume mileage perspective and an intensity perspective. And for some people, you know, it's their work. It's, it's whatever they can't, they can't do more than what they had done before. And so you have to adjust things and work on things differently. So, you know, it is different for each person for, for Julia, it was, it was as simple as that, just doing more than what we'd done before versus other people, it's, it's going to be a different game, you know? Um, and, you know, it kind of brings us to the next year that we'll go into where there was a little more adversity. To, yeah. To no, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's exactly where I was headed. And, and I think this is a good segue for this, Julia. And, you know, one of the things that we had a conversation last night with Emily Sisson, I was telling you guys about, and one of the things that I think most of us took away that we were just such in awe of was the fact that she was vulnerable and that she shared with us that even though she's a high caliber pro athlete, she had her own struggles. And I think a lot of times, you know, and Julia, I'm sure lots of friends of yours have said this over the years, like, Oh, nothing happens to you. You know, you're, you know, you're the best and they don't really realize that you have this adversity that you kind of go after. And Julia was uh, heading into this next year and ends up getting injured. And I'll let her kind of tell the story, but does that talk us a little bit through like the athlete kind of mindset of that and where was your head at and how did you handle the adversity that you had to go through knowing that you qualify for the trials. You're still that high level athlete, but now you're sidelined. And this is something that's new for you in a sport like running. Yeah. Um, and I, like you said, like injuries, I've been super lucky, um, growing up prior to that, I hadn't had many. So being sidelined, wasn't something that I was used to. Um, even throughout my soccer career, I had some injuries, but I mean, I know people at Tori ACLs and, and I was lucky to avoid some major injuries throughout the year. So that was, um, the hard part was just not being able to train. I love training. I love working out. I love running with the team. I, I just wanted to work harder and get better. And I was like, if I'm not running, I'm not getting better. And that was what stressed me out. Um, and then knowing that Jason and I had talked about, we wanted to do a, spring marathon in 2019 and then give myself a year so like get another good PR hopefully in the marathon try and run under 237 um to hit the A standard and we were like we'll do this in 2019 in the spring and that will give you some time before the February trials um and we'll focus on like half marathons and that marathon training all fall but 
when I got injured and I had to withdraw from the LA marathon that I was signed up for, I was just like so bummed. I was like, I, and I missed the cutoff for now all the fall marathons, like this Chicago. Um, I was like, I, I already had to be signed up for that months ago. I didn't predict being hurt. I was just stressed and frustrated. Um, and crabby, poor Tyler, who like lived with me was like, had to listen to it every day because all I wanted to do was train and run and train. Um, and so it takes patience. And I think a lot of people have, like, I see so many athletes now that come back from injury or they overcome an injury and you see them like they, they sit out for six months and they just cross train and do other things. And that's mentally and physically hard. Like you have to be mentally strong to get through that injury and know that you can come back stronger. And then you also have to be physically smart where you're not hurting yourself anymore. Like if you come back too soon or if you come back too strong, like you could get hurt worse and then end your career. So it's, you have to be smart as well, but you also have to keep, you want to be physically fit. So cross training or swimming or whatever you can do. Um, and I think that's something I learned is, to not take for granted running, um, the fact that you can get up and go out the door and you're not injured, like it's so easy to take that for granted and then until it's taken away from you. And like you said, Mark, like when people complain about workouts, like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Like when I was out, I, that hit me. I was like, I hope you don't ever complain about a workout again because all I wanted to do was a workout at that time. Um, so I think I learned a lot from it. And in the end, I think it was a good thing because of Twin Cities it worked out great for Jason and I in, in that fall. And so looking back in hindsight, it was like, oh, maybe that everything happens for a reason. But at the time, yeah, it was just frustrating. I had a lot of angry emotions, um, but I also think I learned a lot from it. Yeah. Injuries are, I think, so difficult in the sense that you're, there's something that are totally out of your control. Sometimes, you know, you can do everything right. And especially with the injury that you had. And then on top of it, it's, there's not much you can do about it except for rest, recover and rehab. And so you're kind of trapped in this world. And I know Jason as an athlete dealt with so many injuries. Jason's one of the reasons why I was confident to come out of the pool. So was Trish because, you know, I spent four months, you know, injured with an Achilles injury, I think a year prior to your injury. And it was just so defeating because it was like, you know, you're, you're taking away from what, like you said, what you love, you, you would, you would kill to have a recovery day where your legs are sluggish, you know, because you're injured and you just, it, that you think in your head, like all those days I took for granted, never again, Jason, as a, as a coach and as an athlete, especially somebody who's dealt with a lot of injuries, you know, do you think that your past of just injuries and how you've overcome gave you confidence and how you coached Julia back to, to full strength and got her ready for the next year to keep her head right? Because, you know, you kind of had a pivotal point. I mean, not that Julia was going to go off to the deep, you know, the deep end and, you know, and go the opposite way, but you need that positive moment and going into the trials and you required her to, to stay motivated and not lose track on the goal. Yeah. I mean, you know, having come back from tons of injuries that, you know, some took me out for almost a year, you know, I kind of have that, that, you know, knowledge of being able to build up and, you know, come back from things. Um, and, you know, not to, to get off the injury subject, but I, I knew she could handle some of that adversity because, you know, what I was talking about when it came to, you know, struggling and stuff was actually the year before in 2018 at Boston. That's what I was talking about. We won't escape that. Let's go back there. Yes. Oh God. But, you know, so 2018, if people out there don't know, was probably the worst conditions they've ever had for Boston. You know, just incredible amount of wind and rain going into your face the entire way. And, you know, the people who just survived that race became tougher because of that. It was like going through a war. So once you had done that, you know, there wasn't anything that was going to stop you, you know, and I kind of see that from the people who did that race, you know, and, you know, we've got an, another guy on the team that was also out there doing that race that day. And he kind of went the same direction Julia did. It was like, after they both survived that, they both took off. And so, going into that injury, then that next winter, oh yeah, I, I knew 
that wasn't going to be a problem. But you should definitely tell people a story of that Boston. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, a, a day I will never forget, a feeling I will never forget. And the hardest thing, that was also the mindset I had that um, after that race, I was like, if I finish that, I will be able to race in any weather condition ever now. <laughs> I tried to block that memory out for you, Julia. So thank you, Jason, for, for bringing that back up. No, but that's, that's such a good point. I mean, and that's coaching Intel that athletes don't always know is that they have this unwilling, just crazy amount of, you know, you know, I would say, um, respect for you because of your strength and your tenacity, which maybe you don't even value that for yourself. You know, maybe you walked Julia, your perspective walking away from Boston was very defeated, you know, and, and very um, probably embarrassed and didn't feel like you, you just always the kind of person and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you've always perceived you want to just give great effort. I think that's one of the first conversations I ever talked to you about was nobody can take your work ethic away from you. You know, there's other people that can have talent, but nobody can take your work ethic from you. And so you live and die by that work ethic. And so when that work ethic you put 100% forward and it doesn't result, you know, in that kind of day, it's harder to see like the circumstances you might have given 150% that day and you didn't even even know it. So do, do you now, now this comes back up. Do you think back to the pool and kind of think, okay, well, first the pool is warmer if you're at the YMCA than, than 2018. So did, did you start to think, okay, I can overcome this because I overcome Boston or is that totally different mindset from coach to athlete? I think, um, it's a different mindset, but I also, to Jason's point, I think when I got back from Boston, I had more fire than ever in motivation. Um, just because I was, yeah, I was upset and everyone can tell you like, Oh my God, it's the worst weather you've ever had. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't think that I would run 25 minutes slower than I wanted to run on that day, you know? Um, and so you can have, everyone saying like barely anyone finished and but like still in my head I was disappointed and upset but then I also just knew that that was hard and um I don't even remember finishing I had such bad hypothermia I like blacked out so bad and I don't remember the last couple miles at all like um so then looking back on that and I'm like oh the fact that you ran through that you can push yourself to that next level and I think to Jason's point I that's um Cass ran that Boston and he, you know him, he's, he's a grinder. And that just showed that day too, that we can finish it. You can put your mind to it. Um, it may not always have the best outcome, but you can learn from it too. Yeah, it's so true. My athletes who, who did well that year, same kind of progression for them afterwards. I mean, it was uh, Tom Fisher is one that comes to my mind. He ended up breaking, you know, three hours for the first time ever at Indy um, after that Boston marathon. He actually ran 302 that that day. So he, he had one of those performances kind of where he took that, you know, with him. So that, yeah, that's, it's so interesting to me to hear your perspective kind of on that, but then also just overcoming the injuries. And I think it's, it's important to note the coach's side of things, because then, you know, maybe for somebody listening, hopefully an athlete, they can kind of start to think, okay, maybe I should have a little bit more uh, confidence in myself. My coach isn't totally far off base, you know, when they kind of think these things about me. And so kind of heading in, you know, you, you've, you've overcome this, this Boston marathon, you've overcome the injury. Um, and now you guys are getting ready for uh, running the twin cities marathon. One of my favorite ones. I think it's a, it's a beautiful one for anybody that's never, you know, never done it before you get to run along the Mississippi river. But if you're running a marathon, you don't really know that you're <laughs> alongside the Mississippi. Uh, but you both you both come back out together again. This has been a couple of years. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about that training cycle because I really felt like for both of you guys, things were lights out that cycle. It was fun to watch it, and everybody was everybody was thriving on that team. Yeah, I feel like that was a fun cycle for our team because you had Jason and I doing Twin Cities, we had a group doing Chicago, we had other people doing some halves, and it was just like the group was all getting ready for something. So everyone had that competitive, motivated, um, and we were all, yeah, crushing workouts, doing 10 by a mile or the however, three by two mile and the, the ones that um, we were doing and everyone was looking strong. Um, and then, I mean, I'll just never forget Twin Cities. Like I had 
Jason with me side by side the whole time again, um, just like Chicago. And I remember after that one, I was like, Jason, I'm, I'm never running a marathon without you. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> with me. I already looped him into, talked him into running that one. Um, after he swore he'd never do another marathon. But um, I think the buildup for that and having like the whole team, going for something, going, everyone had a goal. Everyone was ready to go. And that was just, it was fun. Yeah. What was your, your thought process on all that, Jason? I'm sure. Cause for me, I was injured that year, um, but I got to train the beginning of the cycle with you guys. And then I hopped on the bike for, for some of the bigger workouts. So I really did feel like I was a part of the, the energy and magic of that fall. Jason, tell us a little bit more about that, uh, yeah. that year. Cause I was honestly, I think look back on it. That's probably one of your, your best teams ever assembled, uh, you know, with our group. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I think it goes even further than that. It was more, we had, we had so many that were, you know, basically at the exact same performance, you know? And so we had so many people that were all very close in ability out there training together. And, you know, it was kind of eerie how many people ran almost the exact same time. (laughs) That was, was, it was very bizarre. I think there were what, five of us that all ran 231. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird to me, you know, that really ever happens that we're all that close together and and do that, but that's what it was. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, we benefited from a little bit decent weather that summer compared to what it had been. It wasn't quite as bad. Um, And yeah, then we got to twin cities and, you know, you know, wasn't quite sure what Julie was capable of, but, you know, it's something that I do. And, you know, this is no secret to you guys is I will give people goals that might be just a little bit slower than what I think they're capable of. So going into that race, I was ready to run a two thirty if that's what it took to, to run with Julia that day. Um, but our goal was kind of more like now nah, maybe two thirty four, two thirty five, And you know, it, it just turned out to be a a perfect way to race it because everybody else there shot out like a bat out of hell. Like all the other women that were in the elite field in that race went out so hard and we kind of sat back and then picked them all off one by one. Yeah. And do you think Jason and Julia can, can jump on this as well, but you know, when you think about these races and especially uh, the marathon distance, the half marathon distance, which we all know there's, there's no secret to those races. You have to run them smart, you know, and, and for whatever reason, I think a lot of it's the hype at these bigger events, people want to run fast and there's lots of people who become a victim of getting out too quick. You know, you're with Julia and Julia, I'm sure you were probably thinking like, you know, you knew you needed to be smart, but I'm also probably thinking you were like, I want to be with these women. Like, why are they ahead of me? You know, how much of a value is it having a guy like Jason next to you, especially your coach? And do you think that was your edge? Like being able to have that? I, yeah, I have told multiple people this exactly, but I remember um, Jason was like, okay, we'll, we'll try and hit 235 today. And I was like, okay, we'll see um, if I can get close to that. And then we went out and yeah, people took off, like Jason said. And I remember getting through like the half mark and just feeling we were set spot on our pace that we wanted a little faster than we had even expected. But I just like felt like it was like so easy. And I saw these girls and I was like, let's go. And I remember specifically at one point, um, Jason goes, just relax, just wait. And it was like mile, like 14 or 15. And I wanted to take off. And I remember he just said, just wait, um, stay relaxed. And I was like, okay, fine. And then we, like he said, we got to like 18 and we picked off a group and then we got to 20 and we picked off a group. And I don't think if it wasn't for Jason being there and being like, just relax, don't get too excited. Cause like, I felt so good. I was like ready to go. And like, you, you have to be smart. You have to be patient. And if it wasn't for Jason saying that, cause I remember specifically him being like, no, not yet. It's not time to go yet. Um, I don't think we, what I would have wanted. Like, I don't think I would have been able to pick off those people at the end if I hadn't run smart with Jason's help. 
Well, it's, and it's one thing to have a game plan, especially as a coach. And it's another thing to be able to, as a coach, to actually be a part of the execution, like literally a part of it side by side. I mean, you know, I can go tell an athlete, this is our game plan, but I cannot control the emotions that they go through in the pre-race, you know, national anthem. And when that gun goes off, you know, that you hope you coach those things, you coach, you know, the mentality, all that different stuff. But at the end of the day, the power of the person always propels. That's why I never take credit for, for athletes athlete success. Cause I'm like, it is you that is doing the work, you know? And, and I think it's so unique that Jason was with you there. I've, I've had athletes who've said to me, they're like, I wish you would be on a Bluetooth with me throughout one through 26 miles. And I think about your guys' relationship running together because I'm like, no, no, actually just hire me to run with you. Cause I think that will help you easier. You know, Jason, for you, are you thinking in your head and, and, and obviously you, you have so much, you have so much knowledge of the sport. You have so much knowledge of your own racing, your own fitness. Are you getting a little bit razzled at all by these women that are ahead of Julia at all? Like how does, how do you coach and race at the same time? Cause I think that's such a hard thing. Cause you have your own ego to worry about and you don't have an ego, a big ego, but you, you have your own self, you have Julia, and then you have this other factor like, Am I coaching right? Am I supposed, you know, should she be up there? Am I letting her be competitive? Talk a little bit more about that. Well, you know, in the, in the moment, I'm pretty confident. Um, I'd say I had the utmost confidence really when I was out there and it wasn't a, an ego as far as me thinking Julia should be ahead of these women. It was more just trying to, to get her the fastest possible time. And you know, looking at the course and, you know, this is different for every course, but you guys know, cause you've both done twin cities, you know, you go up some big Hills at the end. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is be dead when you get to those Hills. And all I could think in my head was based on what these women had run in the past, when they get there, there's a, there's a better chance than most that they are going to be hurting. And Sure enough, that's when we got them. Um, So, you know, as far as what I'm thinking, my head, when I go through those processes, no, I'm I'm never really thinking about our position place-wise. But once we got to the point where it was like there was one more person left, then it was like game on. We're going after these people. (laughs) And then it becomes competitive for me too. And, you know, what I didn't know at the time was, it was, it was more competitive than me than I thought too, because I was passing the master's runners at the same time. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it's, it's funny looking back on it. Cause I, when you guys crossed the finish line, uh, you know, Julia, Julia edged you out, I think. Right. And just by, yeah, no, you didn't. Oh, sorry. I guess in the photo or something I want, I was looking at it. And I thought, I, I had thought that Jason respectively, respectfully bowed out. And all I remember asking, now that I remember the story, I remember Jason explicitly saying, oh, no, no, I was going for it. <laughs> it makes me laugh because I'm like, yeah, even in the last couple of seconds, you know, Jason, Jason was going, I, I've gotten beat by you at the line too. So I, I definitely get to understand that. I Julia Jason had more time. He could have beat me, but he was being extra nice as usual and staying with me a little longer. <laughs> well, and you guys finished that race, you know, Jason goes home, goes home with the first overall masters, you know, runner, you know, Julia, you go home as the overall, you know, female champ and, you know, you know, bringing home a pretty big purse, uh, you know, prize money from that. Uh, talk a little bit about that experience for you guys in the, there's a great photo of you two and we'll have to try to dig it up because you guys are, you just beaming with excitement, both of you guys. And Jason, for, for those of you not what, maybe not watching and they're just listening in, uh, Jason is very uh, calm demeanor, but when he is happy, he is happy and you know, he's happy. And that photo is just screaming happiness of you two. Uh, What was that? What were the emotions kind of like after that race? Cause now that you've overcome Boston, you've overcome injury, you've run another Olympic trials standard and now you've crushed it and you've put yourself in position to be one of the top, you know, uh, American women going into this race. Yeah. I, I remember, I know a picture you're talking about. There's like actually a video and I crossed the finish line and Jason like had just crossed right before me. And we immediately were just like, I like, was like hugging him. I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, so grateful. And, um, it was just fun. Like Jason and I trained together. We had put in a lot of miles and worked together. And, um, so then 
when we finished together, like you just had that person that you've worked so hard with and you both get, are rewarded. And like he said, he didn't even know he was passing masters along the way. I knew that I was going for the first place and never did I expect to win that marathon. Um, so that was, it was just fun. And then we had Erica, we had my parents like at the finish line. Um, everyone was like excited for us. Uh, I think Erica even cried a little bit. <laughs> um, so we were all excited because it was a huge PR for both of us. And I think the rewarding part was the work we put in together beforehand. And then to see that pay off for both of us um, at the same time was awesome. Yeah. And that, that, no, it's, it's just so special. Jason, do you have anything like that you add on to that? Yeah, you know, and I, I guess that was a experience I'd never had before where I not only had an athlete, you know, have a breakthrough, but I myself had a breakthrough. <laughs> so, you know, to be able to do that, you know, I, you know, it was, it was super special for me to be able to, to have that happen at, at the same time. So, you know, yeah, I was on cloud nine at that point, you know. So fun being a part of that. And, you know, Jason and I have raced several times, you know, neck to neck and that experience is always amazing. And I know Julia, you know, we've been in races together and it's just, there's something about being with people that you train with every single day on that stage and just like knowing like what it means, you know, we give each other a bunch of grief, you know, most mornings when we're half asleep, but when it comes down to it, it's like, it's, it's a very special thing um, to be able to do it with those people and those individuals. And you're not, you know, I think sometimes in racing, it is a lonely world up there, especially when you're competitive. And so having somebody that, you know, and familiarity, that's a little advantage, you know, because you, you can remind yourself in your head, I can do this because this is the person that, you know, maybe I dropped last week on a workout or they, you know, or I was right behind them, you know, in a workout. So it gives you that confidence. So we, so obviously we can't, you know, we can't, you know, finish this interview without talking about your Olympic trials, actual experience. And, you know, I think I speak for, for all of St. Louis when I say like, that was the most exciting thing, you know, for, for most of us to watch just because, you know, here we knew your story, you know, and we had been with you for so many years, but man, you're, Julia, you're one of the most lights out runners I've ever been around. I mean, like when you're asked to go do it, you do it. And you've even had day, I, I remember you had strep throat and you had strep throat one year. It was my, like your first or second year with us and you were doing a workout. I'm just thinking how many people would be doing a workout right now and performing in this workout. And I think if you were just like, yeah, it's not a big deal, but you're, you go off to the Olympic trials and you have this amazing race and you know, you just made us all so proud, but you, you know, your story really got picked up because there were, there were several things that happened that day outside of just your, your amazing experience. But can you talk through a little bit more about like what it meant to have that race that day and how much of like, would you say the training of like the St. Louis grind prepared you for the Atlanta course? Yeah, I think, um, definitely an exciting day and anyone that raced that day has to be grateful because we all know what happened a couple of weeks after, um, that race racing shut down for the year. So to not only be able to race in 2020, but to race and have a good day. Um, I just am definitely grateful. Um, but then to the St. Louis, like, yeah, Jason knew exactly. He, we knew it was a, um, a hilly course. I mean, that's all when you talk, heard about the Atlanta Olympic trials, everyone said hilly course, hilly course. Like, so you knew what to prepare for. Like you, you couldn't run flats anymore. Um, and I think Jason knew that and wrote my training around that. And, but of course, like he wasn't doing the Olympic trials with me, but he did those 15 mile tempos with me in winter. I mean, that's the hard thing with the trials too, is your peak training was December and January. December and January in St. Louis are not fun. Like it, it, you got some pretty ugly days out there. Um, and you just have to pray that you don't get ice and snow. And um, so then, yeah, you force park, it's not flat and you, you got some Hills. I mean, you, we can do our flat loop if we make it that way, but we did not do that leading up to the trials. And I think that was my benefit. One of my, like the benefits of going into that race is I was prepared for any weather. I was prepared for Hills. Um, and Jason and I had put in those, uh, tempo runs and workouts and, um, yeah, so I was just, but I remember going into it, Jason and Erica were there and we were running the day before just kind of doing a shakeout. And then I was talking to Jason about the goals and he was like, yeah, you, um, just go with the lead pack. 
uh, and I, I was like, why is he crazy again? Like he, <laughs> I, and I was like, I, I don't think that's smart. And he was like, no, you'll be fine. I know you can handle it. Um, just start and sit behind and try and hang with that lead pack as long as you can. The Olympic trials is different than any other race. Like you're not going for everyone wants to run a PR obviously, but girls are going to race differently. They're not racing for that time. They're racing for a spot. Um, so it's a different type of race. And, Jason telling me that the day before, hey, if you get with that lead pack, just stick with them and go with it. And I, again, I thought he was crazy, but then I, I said, I always do what Jason tells me. So that's what I did. <laughs> and was there even a doubt in your mind, Jason, when it came to that? You just like, you just knew that because sometimes when I'm strategizing for athletes, like I, I, I go back to the workouts, I do all this different stuff, but you just, you seem to have such a good grip on where Julia was at. Like talk us through from the coaching process. Like when did that realization come that Julia should just be up with that front pack and your confidence in her? Well, so I said, two things actually that <laughs> I said, you know, run your pace that we've been doing and you'll probably be in that lead pack with people. It's not going to be, you know, a huge separation because it is going to be more tactical. It's not a, it's not a time trial thing. And given how hilly the course was, like you said, you know, people are going to, to be running differently. So, you know, knowing that going in, and knowing how hard we'd worked on those hills and stuff. And, you know, we had gone the year before to the road to the gold. So we knew the, the course. Um, so that wasn't a, an issue going into it. Um, so once you got out there and it was, it was working out perfectly with the pace and stuff. I was super confident, but, you know, as far as, you know, beforehand, you don't know, you know, there could have been somebody that went out, crazy hard drug everybody out to you know a fast time you know through the first half and everybody blows up and it's just survival of the fittest but it didn't it didn't work out that way it worked out well so you know those are things that they they went right but it was just a guessing game so you know like you said you you don't always know but you know you can make an educated guess yeah, it's it's funny you're saying this because Coach Crow and I had this conversation last night. The same for by verbatim, we're like we're making educated guests. He's like, I, he's like, he's just saying to me, I'm not right. He's like, I you know I know as much as you know the next guy. I just have a lot of guesses. You know, I have a very good idea of where you're at, but there's no guarantees. And but you still have to have that confidence in that plan, and the athlete has to have the confidence in going out and doing it. And I think that's what's so special. And I think the fact that you were with Julia on so many of those runs and so many workouts, it, it probably built up that belief, right? Julia in your head, like, of course, like he sounds a little crazy, but I ultimately am going to trust it because what else am I supposed to do at this point? I mean, he's been right every single time, you know, to there. And so I, I like to, I kind of want to ask this up for kind of the last, last question of the day is, you know, what Julia, what's the, like, what's the greatest lesson or, or, you know, the relationship that you have with Jason and what you've learned from him as a coach, what's the best thing that, in your opinion, that's kind of come out of it. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but if there's anything that you've learned or feel about it, uh, just about working with Jason and having him as a friend, I'd love to kind of hear more about that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think one, Jason not only was a coach, but a friend, like my family consistently, like every day, even my aunts and my mom and dad are, how's Jason? How's Erica? How's Jason? Like, so they were like really important people in our lives. Like I saw Jason every single day. I showed up for a run every single day. Jason showed up for a run every single day. There's not many people in your life that you see every single day. Um, so we had this but my biggest thing that I take away was trust. Like anything I knew, I had more trust in Jason than anyone. I knew he knew what he was doing and I could put in the work. And if I listened to what Jason said, I could be successful and he was going to steer me in the right direction. So when it came to races and training, I always asked what he thought because I wanted his opinion. Um, obviously it had to work out with my schedule and all that. But so I think having a coach that you have a relationship with, but not only like the biggest thing was like trust. Like I, anything Jason said I would do. And I knew that he was looking out for my best interest as well. 
That's, that's awesome. That's so cool to hear. And, and Jason, for you, you know, what was the best experience just in just looking back on it now and just still having Julia in your life? What's the best thing that you feel like has come from, from coaching her as an athlete and then just her as a person? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, as an athlete, you know, it's, it's always great to have someone who is confident in what you're, you're giving them um, and willing to put in that kind of work. You know, that's always satisfying for me as a coach when I know that these people are out there, you know, giving it their all. And, you know, I guess it's kind of uh, a good thing and a bad thing, you know, to be, you know, kind of teammates and friends with everybody on the team to the point that, that I am. And I know some coaches wouldn't do that. Um, But I guess that's always how I've been. And so, you know, I'm not going to change it. <laughs> um, so it's great to, to see Julia. It's, you know, it's, it's good to, you know, be a coach, but it's a, it's, it's a more special thing when you actually are friends with people and, you know, some people wouldn't necessarily want that, you know, with their athletes necessarily, but, you know, being, you know, who I am. That's just, you know, my personality and that's how I operate, you know? So, you know, that can be good or bad, I guess, depending on the the person. Yeah. You have to be you. I mean, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to being an athlete, you just have to be you. And I think there's, there's obviously lots of different ways that coaches coach, but I mean, I heard an example from, from somebody that he ran for a guy in college and the coach would basically just go on flow track and change the workout up basically on what they learned on flow track, you know, how the team did all this different stuff. And it's like, it's not your style, you know, and, and it comes down to what, who you are. And I think everybody, all those things that you might think may be a little weird for coaching. None of us even think of that because we just really value that, you know, there's nothing better than being on a race week where your coach knows the number one way to motivate you is to piss you off. So you spend an entire week just making me so mad to the point where I'm just ready to, to just race. <laughs> you know, I think it's, that's the fun of it. You can kind of get a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, you know, excitement. So, um, well, it's, it's so fun walking through this. I hope you guys enjoyed kind of going through the the last several years together. And I think it's a unique story and, it, and I appreciate you guys going through it with me because for most of us, we know the success, Julia, that you've had. And, and for most of us that know Jason, we know that you coach and you coach a lot of people, but it's really cool to kind of hear the insider perspective. And it's very similar to what obviously Julia's teammate, you know, Scott Fauble and Ben Rosario did. They, they wrote a really successful book of kind of following one of their races and how it went. And I think that's just so unique and so cool for, for people to hear because it really is a partnership at the end of the day. And, you know, Jason can write the training, he can have a team, he can have a schedule, but at the end of the day, he needs the athletes to come and do it. And on the flip side, Julia can be an athlete, can come give her best, but she also needs a coach that's going to be able to believe in her and trust her. So it's cool what you guys have been able to do together and you guys stay in touch, obviously, to this day, correct? Yeah. <laughs> still still see, yeah, still see each other through Zoom. Yeah, this was really fun. It took me down memory lane, but it also makes me miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we miss you guys too and, and kind of the 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 one thing I think we've all kind of learned this last year is, is just being able to have um, more connections with people that are not necessarily in present in front of us just with, with social media and such. So thank you so much for doing this guys. This is awesome. I cannot wait for, for everybody to hear this and pass this along. And, and for both of you guys, good luck with, uh, with what's ahead with whatever racing looks like in, in the 2021 year. Yep. Thanks Mark. Thank you, Mark.